It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Monday, and I hope you really enjoyed your four-day weekend. Just so you know, I have a friend of mine who teases me. Thank God it's Monday, she says, because that's my attitude, basically. And, yeah, it kind of is. Uh, one of my co-workers came in early this morning and looked at me and said, you know, after basically four days off, it's hard to get motivated. And my thought was, Actually, no. I, I, four day, I was very productive. I got a lot of neat things done that I wanted to get done during those four days and enjoyed some friends and food and stuff like that. But by Sunday afternoon, I'm thinking, all right, that's enough. I'm get back to work here because I enjoy coming here. I know a lot of you don't have that. Some, some have great jobs that you love. Others don't. For me, can't wait to get back here. So, all right. Now, that's going to be a problem. Because this coming Saturday, I'm out for a week. I have one more week's vacation. And I think I've told you guys before, I like to visit family in between the holidays because nobody's traveling and the prices for airplane tickets are dirt cheap. So, yeah, it's so easy to go down there and visit family for a week and come on back. But that'll be the next week, not this week. A lot to cover today, right? No, not really. Because usually what happens during a holiday... The normally on news teams, you have what they think is the A team, which I hate to say because most news organizations are not all that good. But that's what they consider to be the A team. And then there's the B team. When we get to holiday weekends, it might even be the D team that's out there. And not much for news really happens. So I come in on a Monday after having four days off. You think I'd have four days worth of news to catch up on. Not a whole lot, which is good. Also, to make our lives easier, the politicians and bureaucrats go home. See, they always try to scare you with a government shutdown. Government shutdown's coming. Oh, my Lord, a government shutdown's coming. And here you just went through four days. In fact, longer than that, without government you didn't have a bureaucracy you didn't have the politicians passing laws they were all home and how things work out for you right so you're fine right of, yeah of course you are all right so let's get into this weekend trigger warning warning this show contains reference to guns liberty limited government low taxation the cult of climate change free thinking cigar smoking short people rubber chickens karen's bureaucracy liberal buzzwords tour runs traffic toilets terrible jokes and more no apologies will be issued guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled unless you're a loudmouth jerk like dave then glenn will hang up on you strap in hold on to your coffee and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Some people are just not uh, steeped in reality. They, And I, I know they, uh, well, of course, lie to you, but they also lie to themselves. 
I, there are people who I do honestly think they choose a life of delusion. It's not that they're just delusional. There are there are those people who are that just delusional. There are those those people who choose a life of delusion. They don't want certain things to be a certain way, and so they choose to see it the other way. I sometimes wonder if that's the case with Gavin Newsom, governor of California. Get a load of this headline. California's governor, Gavin Newsom, scoffs at inflation, calls it a conservative lie. Oh, okay. So a – okay, I want to get this straight. All that inflation you've been going through, that is just a conservative lie. Let's take a look at this. California, this author said, land of fruits and nuts, and now has its governor to show us. Oh, it says, check out the headline of this story. Oh, okay. Newsom suggests inflation is a conservative lie. That's what the headline of the story says. Newsom also claims that the past 18% increase in the average hourly wage compared to three years ago is nearly a three-year, the best gain in 40 years. The cost of thing goes up a specific amount, the story says, while people don't get to keep their entire wage increase. So when Newsom says wages have increased 18% in the last three years, it's clear, it's a clear exaggeration. He should admit that because of taxes, especially in California. And then let's not just take taxes, but regulations as well. Because regulations cause increases in what you owe for everything. Any government regulations make things more expensive. California, uh, the probably only to keep around two thirds of that, about twelve percent. So if they get a raise of eighteen percent, they're not going to keep anywhere near that. Real wages, the story says, under Trump rose substantially especially for those at the bottom because of his energy tax and regulation policies. They kept overall inflation low. It's The story says a true shame that Newsom and other Democrats care so little about the poor. Well, so first, Biden administration said inflation was transitory. Then they blamed the supply chain. But that isn't true either. It's not that that didn't add to it, but... Because the supply chain was screwed up in 2020 and inflation was still below 2% before Biden took office. Then they lied that it was because Biden's policies had turned the economy around when it was already rapidly growing in the last six months of 2020 before Biden took office. Then they lied and blamed Russia. They love playing the Russia card. the, The problem is inflation took off as soon as Biden took office. And, of course, you know, we can go ahead and talk about Ukraine, things like this. But, oh, and, and let's not just talk about – got to talk about how much money government spending. Because as government prints more money and tries to pump it into the economy, borrows more and et cetera, that adds to inflation. They blame the price of oil and greedy gas station owner, which was utterly wrong. But they didn't help the situation by constraining supply through their bans on drilling. Well, and – when I say bans on drilling, what I mean by this is they can go ahead all day long, and they and they did. They they can go ahead and say that we're going to allow the sale of more oil leases, and then the Biden administration will lie again and say, well, how come they're not drilling on the land that they leased? Because you won't let them. 
And so that increases the cost of energy. In general, the cost of energy has gone through the roof, and you know this. We've talked a lot about this, and it stands to go up quite a bit more, too. The story says inflation took off because Biden's government kept throwing money out for government programs and hiring printing money in the process, even after the economy was rapidly growing. Okay, so here is where, again, Governor Gavin Newsom has this idea that inflation is a lie. Ah, I see, Governor. Okay, um, let's go talk to the average person in America. California would be bad enough. People are leaving California because they can't afford California. I've given you many of those stories before. That people are just leaving California because they can't afford California. But even not in just California, just you going to the grocery store. How's that working out for you? How much is, how much are things costing at the grocery store? Uh, okay, so according to Governor Gavin Newsom, inflation is a conservative lie. I think that's in part because he's someone who's disconnected from the real world. He doesn't understand how the real world works. He doesn't live in it. He's disconnected from it. So he can go ahead and try to make a claim like this. But if he was an average Joe Schmuck with an average Joe Schmuck job and average Joe Schmuck wages, do you think he'd be saying the same thing? Exactly. Morning, John. Ida John is in Grand Canyon. He says, morning, Glenn. I am returning from nine days off. Retirement is looking better and better. Coming up on 616, wake up. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. So 623 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I got a story here. Before I get to the headline of what that story is. So Thanksgiving, I was saying on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving that it really must drive the cult of climate change nuts. Here people are going to drive home, fly home, right? When they get home, oh, Lord, they're going to be eating all sorts of, cooking all sorts of food, eating all sorts of food. Then, and it's going to be a lot of meat-based stuff, too, because you're supposed to not be eating meat anymore. But, wow, we're going to eat a lot of meat-based stuff. And Americans especially, well, it's not like the rest of the world is celebrating Thanksgiving, but... For that holiday that celebrates, one of the holidays celebrates our country, we broke records this past Thanksgiving for travel and for food consumption when it came to meats especially, but all sorts of different foods consumption. In other words, we acted like a bunch of damn capitalists. (laughs) So with all of that traveling that we did and then eating of meats and so on, and then then people go shopping Black Friday, go shopping with everybody, right? Yeah, so with all the shopping that's going on, now we're acting like a bunch of damn capitalists, spending money all over the place. Well, and then we got to travel home. Oh, Lord. So again, the anti-capitalist cult of climate change goes crazy because we do Thanksgiving every year and we do it bigger every single year. All right, so here's a headline for you. Eat less meats is message for rich world in foods net zero plan. I've got a couple of stories on this, but okay. 
from Bloomberg. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat as part of the first comprehensive plan to bring global food industry into line with the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, Global food systems roadmaps are expected to be published by the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organizations during what they're calling COP28, which is the latest climate summit. There's been 28 of them now. Uh, By the way, in those 20, if you're wondering what's been accomplished, nothing. They have not reached any of their goals. As they continue to talk about net zero in 28 years of meetings, they have not reached any of their goals. So the summits next month, nations all over, all over, will get in their corporate jets and go flying to the meeting place. And when they're there, they're going to have big, lavish meals. Nobody's going to be eating bugs while they're there. Okay, so nations all over will consume meat. That consume meat will be advised to limit their intake while developing countries under consumption meat ads, a uh, prevalent nutritional challenge, will need to improve their livestock uh, farming. So uh, farm-to-fork food industries account for about a third of global greenhouse gas emissions, they say. And, you know, of course, we've talked about what garbage that is and why. They're not adding to the warming of the planet. But all right. So major source of it talks about, you know, cows farting and belching and stuff like that. Although non-binding, the plan is expected to inform policy and investment decisions and give a push to the food industry's climate transition, which has lagged in other sections of their commitments. Now, about all we have here in worldwide is there's a few small countries that have tried to push to get rid of uh, farming, agriculture, things like that, or at least curb it. And they didn't do well. And there's been a lot of pushback from the people. As you know, they show up in the store and there's nothing there. Yeah, it doesn't work out too well for the few small countries that have actually tried to do this. Story says guidance on meat is intended to send a clear message to governments, but uh, politicians in richer nations typically shy away from policies aimed at influencing consumer behavior. Quote, livestock is a politically sensitive issue. The average American consumes about 127 kilograms of meat a year compared with 7 kilograms in Nigeria. And it talks about other countries that consume less meat. And the reason these other countries consume less meat is because... They have less meat to consume because they're poorer countries. I was reading the whole thing about them trying to get you to eat bugs. Well, there's other countries out there where a lot of people eat bugs. Yeah, but they don't want to. They do because they're poor. That's what they have. Rome-based UN agency talked about improving agricultural sector nutrition, seeking to strike a balance between the climate transition and ensuring food security and on and on this one. So, okay. Here's, again, the, the idea that they they want to get us all off of meat and eating something else. But I, when I look at this, I think, yeah, but global energy consumption of organic fuels, food, uh, coal, gas, and oil is up, not down. Globally, meat production and consumption is up, not down. In America, as one example, this past Thanksgiving, uh, more Americans traveled than ever before. 
and more Americans ate meat than ever before. So this plan's working real well, huh? Big wave is in Casper. Rihanna is in Fort Danger. Hey, guys. I'll go ahead and answer your messages as I head into the next break here. Jude, she's over in Mills. Idy, John is in Granite Canyon. Coming up on 630, local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Thirty-six the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So I just watched it uh, here. Rianne over there in Fort Danger sending me uh, little notes. But I agree when it comes to the next climate summit that they're going to have next month, folks. It's one of the big discussions is going to be about getting the world off of meat. This is one of the reasons that I say one of the best things we can do for government worldwide is allow these people to meet as little as possible or make it so they can meet as little as possible because when they get to meet all the time this is the kind of stuff they do all right so and Rianne wants them to quit eating meat first which of course they won't now remember Rianne they're all going to show up at this climate conference in corporate jets and stay in the finest hotels not at their own expense a taxpayer expense and then they're going to have these lavish meals they're not going to be eating bugs and things like that like they're demanding the rest of us do. Then they're going to demand the rest of us give up on planes and big cars and big hotels and stop eating meat. She says every time these clowns meet, nothing good is proposed and it's only just a total waste of tax dollars. Absolutely right. So, yeah, getting you to stop eating meat is what they want to talk about because they think somehow or other this is going to save the planet or whatever. And this just needs to stop. It really does. It, it will take the carnivores of the rest of the world just to turn to them and say that, you know, we're just not listening. That's enough. A great example of this, let's go, come back here to America, where you remember the big deal that was made out of uh, meatless, fake meat hamburgers and other fake meat products, fake chicken nuggets that aren't not really chicken nuggets, all of that kind of stuff. And... Oh, boy, they made a huge deal out of it, and a lot of people tried it out of curiosity, but quickly it faded. And now, as I've mentioned before, I don't care where you live. You can live here in Wyoming with me or or live somewhere else. Go to a major grocery store in a major city and walk around and look for the aisle that has the fake meat stuff in there. That's supposed to be a substitute for the real meat. And how big is that section? Tiny. And what are sales like? Almost non-existent. It's basically the same people who eat out of the vegan aisle, which is also a tiny little aisle of vegan foods. How many people really do this? Almost nobody. There's a tiny crowd of nutballs that does it. Everybody else 
Well, we're normal carnivores like we're supposed to be, right? Tired of chicken and fish for dinner every single night? Looking for something different to feed the family? Well, don't worry. Now it's okay to eat bald eagle and whale. New from Sustainable Foods. Yes, fresh kills. From wind turbines out west in places like Wyoming to fresh whale kills off the Massachusetts coast. Our wind turbines kill these animals quickly and humanely. Yes, unlike clubbing a baby seal, these animals never knew what hit them. And be because it's green energy, it's good for the planet and sustainable. Yes, eating bald eagle used to be illegal. And our motto used to be, save the whales. But now, screw them. What could be better on the 4th of July than freshly roasted bald eagle? Killed by an American wind turbine from Wyoming. And remember that big push to keep dolphins from getting caught up in tuna nets? Well, that's not okay. But whale kill from wind turbines? Now that's green. Find sustainable alternate foods in your grocery store. There's plenty of room to put it in there since that fake meat and vegan food didn't work out. So, yeah, let let them go ahead and do whatever they want to pass. None of what they're going to pass at this climate meeting or at the U.N. conference to come after is binding in any way. Like I said, they've been doing this for 28 years, and they haven't reached a single one of their goals. So, meantime, come lunchtime... Try to amend my carnivorous habits Made an LS7 today Losing weight without speed Eating sunflower seeds Drinking lots of carrot juice And soaking up a race But at night I'd have these wonderful drinks Some kind of sensuous treat There's going to be a big push for this. And your news media is going to be on it. You're also going to see television shows uh, from sitcoms to movies and so on. Well, they'll try to push the idea on you. But then it's a matter of will people actually really do it? And so far, absolutely not. 642, wake up. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Six forty-eight is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So the big discussion, Miss Mary and I, we're having is where's Frank? Uh, well, Frank Cambino is supposed to be here to do sports now. Either he's still on vacation, and we got it wrong. That's a possibility. Or he overslept because he's back from vacation, and you know, traveling back from Chicago can be quite a quite a thing. So he's back from vacation, and he's exhausted, and he overslept. That's possible. I, well, there's other explanations, too, but he's not here, whatever the case is. And we both thought he was going to be here. So, okay. Hopefully, he'll show up later on this morning, I like my Frank segment. Meantime, though, okay, I came across this. And this is on the K2 Radio website, one of the stations that carries this program. And it was talking about restaurants that we would like to have back in for those in the Casper area, but also in Wyoming. 
And I've noticed quite a few have closed down lately. We'll see if, uh, well, and it's not necessarily a bad thing on the economy. Keeping restaurants going is really tough. It's one of the toughest businesses that there is. So Famous Dave's was a chain restaurant open from 2016 to 2019. I never got to try a Famous Dave's. I don't know what they did. Poor Boys. Now, there was a Poor Boys, but also a Poe Boys that was in Cheyenne, Wyoming. But Poor Boys, famous locally owned restaurant known for having some of the best, if not the best, steaks. Greatly missed. Oh, <clears throat> Wonder Bar. Well, some of you remember the Poe, not the Poor Boys, but Poe Boys. Was that the one uh, that was in Cheyenne, Wyoming? That was a really nice fine dining restaurant. I ain't there a couple of times. They were really good. They're pricey, but really good. They just closed down at some point. Okay, Wonder Bar. I was in the downtown area for those that are in Cheyenne. World's famous Wonder Bar, local restaurant. Uh, goes back to 1938. Claims to have served John Wayne and Ernest, Ernest Hemingway back when it was just a bar. And then it eventually became a bar and restaurant. Let's see. Uh, there's different shops. For those who have malls, and there's only a couple of towns that malls in them but remember your mall food court what's left much left in the mall there's not much left in the mall food courts out of the couple of malls that i know about it in wyoming i say oh golden corral now remember gillette used to have a golden corral and i think there used to be one in you know again cheyenne and casper anybody else okay because i always like golden as far as for those people who like doing the buffet thing Golden Corral was, is one of the best, but they just couldn't keep it. They disappeared, and people would like him back. And see, on the border, that was another one of uh, many taco places, but this was a big chain taco place called On the Border, and also had a steak, fajitas, margaritas, stuff like that. They were from 2008 to August 2018, so they lasted about a decade, and then they went out of business. Let's see. Uh, there was, oh, now this one opened up as a new restaurant. There was a family style restaurant in Casper called Casper's and they closed down. And if I remember right, folks, isn't that the one that's now a, uh, Japanese sushi place? They opened up, which was good to see. They opened up a something. A lot of Applebee's has closed. Uh, Cheyenne, do you still have an Applebee's? Gillette, do you still have an Applebee's? I'm trying to remember. Does Gillette? They did at one point. Gillette did. I don't know if it's still there or not, but there was a lot of complaints about the Gillette Applebee's that was there. But uh, I know Casper lost theirs. I don't know about a lot of the other towns in between that, like um, Douglas and other towns like that that had restaurants because so many come and go. Uh, Dorn's Fireside. I don't know that one. A&W. Um, A&W is a chain restaurant that you can get all sorts of different kinds of food there. In fact, some of them, you can get both seafood and hamburgers and stuff like that in an A&W. I haven't seen many of those around. Anyone have a Popeye's in their town? I don't know of any Popeye's that are currently opened in Wyoming anymore. There's not a single one that I'm aware of anyway. Let's see. Hometown Buffet. There's a few 
buffet restaurants around here and there, but the hometown has gone. But okay. So those are just some of the lists that I came up with of restaurants that have closed. And I know a lot of mom and pop ones pop up all the time and disappear. But like I said, restaurants, one of the toughest things to do in in keeping any business open is to open up a restaurant and keep it open. There's even, let's see, I'm not aware there was a um, International House of Pancakes. Oh, and going back up to, I, I know Cheyenne still has an IHOP, don't you, in Cheyenne? And I do know that in the Casper area, both of the village inns closed, both of them. And you guys also lost your Hardee's restaurants, like, overnight. Suddenly they were just gone, right? Coming up on 6.55, we'll have some local business we have to take care of, local news and national news update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Complete non sequitur kind of topic, and we'll get into some Wyoming stuff in just a bit here in regional news. But this I just found as a meme that someone put up, and I thought good. I don't agree with everything, but I like where they're going with this. And while you were listening to that news and information break, I was just sort of going over this thinking, not a bad idea. Subjects that should be mandatory in school. Okay, we we should teach these subjects in school. All right. Let's see. Uh, one, taxes. Okay, uh, I don't mind teaching about taxes in school, but I want to make sure that this is taught in a way that shows that not all taxes are good. That some taxation for things like, um, you know, roads and bridges, sure. You want your police and fire department. We need a court system. In other words, government should be doing just a few basic things. And part of it should be teaching people that we don't need to be overtaxed, and we are way overtaxed. So if you're going to teach taxes in school, let's make sure we teach the idea that we're way overtaxed. And as you young people get old enough to vote, make sure that you put an end to that. Overtaxation. Not taxation, but overtaxation. Next, computer coding. Well, um, perhaps. I think uh, computer coding should be taught if you want to be someone who codes. Not everybody does that. Uh, today, the use of computers today, I hear every so often somebody say, well, I'm not tech savvy. Well, my thought is, you don't need to be tech savvy to use today's computers. I would take that as an elective course, although it's a good idea to learn some coding, but that's an elective thing. Cooking in school. Remember, we used to have a class. At first, mostly girls took it, but it was home economics. 
that was the name of where I was from anyway, in Florida, home economics. But the idea behind this was, and here's how you take care of the home. Here's how you cook and clean and do laundry and stuff like this. Here's how you take care of the home. Now, a lot of that stuff, personally, I think should be taught at home by the parents. But I don't mind the idea because this is saying should be mandatory in school. I don't know. You tell me. Is that something that's mandatory or something that uh, should be in school at all? Because I think that should just be taught at home. Basically, how to do things like here's how to buy fresh food and make stuff. And some people get the idea that I don't know how to cook, especially after they've read The Uncomplicated Life. And the answer is, no, I do know how to cook. I just found out ways around it. So I eat really healthy meals, but I don't do much of any cooking at all in order to do it. I found clever ways around that to eat really healthy but not have to do that. But okay, next one. Should be mandatory in school for kids to learn about insurance. Well, okay, but... We also need to learn what insurance is actually for. Like I've talked about with healthcare, you don't insure everything. It's absurd to there's people I know that want to go to the optometrist to buy eyeglasses and they want to use their insurance, which means eyeglasses are more expensive if you do it that way, not less. Insurance should only be for catastrophic things, things that you can't handle yourself financially. All right. Only ha- only insure. It's like a, on your automobile. Do you have balding tire insurance? No, you don't, do you? But you know you're going to have to replace those. Do you have windshield wiper replacement insurance? Of course not. Running low on gas insurance? No, you don't. Okay. You only insure what's catastrophic that you know you can't afford on your own. Right, that's So if we're going to teach insurance, that's something that should be taught. Now, this I do agree with. Subjects that should be mandatory in schools. Basic home repair. Yeah. Just basic stuff. If something broke in your house, can you yourself go and fix that? Basic home repair. What's nice, though, is a lot of stuff, I find, if something goes wrong... I'm usually able to fix it because somebody made a YouTube video about it. Going back to the computer thing, there's a really old computer in my house that needed to be started back up again. And I probably haven't worked with that computer in about six or seven years. Don't even remember what the password is. But I wanted the computer, without knowing my password, I wanted to be able to wipe it and restart it. And I have a fresh computer, even though it's much older. And then update it to the latest Windows program. Now, do I know how to do that? No, but there's a YouTube video on how to do it by somebody who does know, and all I had to do was follow his instructions, and I got it done. Okay, things that should be mandatory in schools, self-defense. Eh, no. No, I, I, if everybody took the same self-defense class, what good does that do you, okay? Yeah, you, you should take a self-defense course, but that's on you. I don't think that should be a mandatory thing. Survival skills. Sure. Basic survival skills, okay? Um, Now, we can discuss what that would be, but, yeah, some basic survival skills. If you break down out in the middle of nowhere, you know, how, yeah, how to survive. You can talk about wilderness survival 
or if you live in some place where there's a lot of water, water surviving out there, it might be a regional thing. But basic survival skills. Or what if you're just home and uh, the power we have since we're in Wyoming, a big snowstorm, the power goes out, you're stuck at home, we're going to be here for a while, do you have what you need? Or the world economy collapses. Or a big storm blows through, like where I grew up in Florida. Big hurricane blows through. Can I handle it for a while without anything open? I'm just on my own, stuck in what's left of my house. Do I have basic survival skills? That's not a bad idea. Let's see. Social etiquette. Subjects that should be mandatory in schools. Social etiquette. That would depend. Social etiquette according to whom... Because I'm not going to be calling you based on your preferred pronouns, okay? So we need to agree on what good social etiquette is. But, yeah, we can't let a bunch of, um, well, there are people who really are extremists on any end of the political and social uh, spectrum that would want extremism when it comes to social etiquette. I'm talking basic social etiquette. But, again, I think that's something that should primarily be taught at home. Not at school. All right, next. Personal finance. That's not bad. Sort of a Dave Ramsey course on personal how to handle personal finances. That's actually probably not a bad thing to teach. Public speaking. Yes, I do think public speaking should be taught in school. And I know a lot of kids hate it. They hate to get up in front of the classroom and learn how to speak. But trust me, as a guy who does it for a living, it's a good idea. Oh, a lot of you are going to agree with this. Teaching car management um, or maintenance. Let's put it that way, maintenance. Yes, basic maintenance. My father taught me some things like that. And I I remember this one. When I was, uh, I forget, probably about 15, I guess. Maybe younger than that. I was getting close to my driver's license at some point anyway. And he took me outside and said, okay, what I want you to do, and he had me open up the trunk, and he talked me through it, and he had me take off the back tire, back passenger side tire, and he had me put on the spare. And he said, okay, now I need my tires rotated, so I want that one here, this one over there. Now that you know how to change a tire, rotate the tires. And really, Dad? Yeah, I want you to rotate the tires. Okay. So I did what he said. And normally, you know, I'm a little more independent. I'm not doing it. But no, I went ahead and I did it. And I realized what he's doing is teaching me how to change tires. And it was a few years later that I was driving down the road and I got a flat. And guess what? I knew how to change the tire. Also, he had taught me how to do things like the car is overheating. And you got to get it to some place where you can get it fixed. Do you know how to nurse it there? Things like that. You know, so, so some basic maintenance on your vehicle, sure. And then the final thing they have is, oh, here's Jude and Casper. Auto repair, actual history and civics. Yes, that would be good too. Actu- not what they're teaching today, Judy, but actual American history and civics. Yes, that should be on this list. Because I don't think most teachers actually know true American history and civics. They really don't. For that matter, when it comes to personal finance, remember I told you a while back, and I've shown you examples that 
There are kids who have graduated from high school and are in college, and they don't know what money is and how it operates. And they confuse money with wealth, which are two different things. Just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you're wealthy. Okay, and you can be wealthy and not have any money. Those are two different things. You know why? And a lot of people don't because they, they went through school and didn't learn anything about how the economy works or what money is. But then again, their teachers didn't know either. The final thing they have here is stress management. Now, again, I think that's something that could be taught at home. But one thing schools don't do, should never do is, and here's the safe space. We're going to give you a safe space. No. Teach them how to handle stress, how to handle a bully, things like that. But, again, I think most of that should actually be taught at home on that topic. 717, Wake Up Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six the time. I said seven thirty-six, right? Yeah, I think that's what I said. All right, coming up on Don Day at seven forty-five, he's going to tell us about the weather forecast, which actually is not all that bad. It's a little on the cooler side right now. Most everybody around the region is either in the teens or twenties, average. As far as how much snow you got when it came to the Thanksgiving weekend. Well, some people really got buried. Other people, eh, you know, not so much. We'll talk to him about what's coming up in just a few minutes from now, again, 745. So this is not too much of a surprise. Headline, Pennsylvania voters reach peak of mistrust after voting machines glitch for the second time. Now, for the record, I don't care if you're using a voting machine or a paper ballot. Whatever the case is, these things can be open to fraud no matter how we do it. So we just got to try. And there's going to be some fraud. Every election is going to be something. There's always somebody. So the best you can do is try to catch and make it difficult for someone to commit fraud. But all right, here's the story. Pennsylvania voters are doubting the integrity of local elections in swing counties. After it happened to be in swing counties, huh? After issues with touchscreen voting devices arose on the recent election day, the glitches were similar to those seen in the country in the 2019 judges' race. Election officials are scrambling to ensure trust in those machines. The election systems and software touchscreen machines for well, they were used for the first time in 2019 had programming glitches that caused a significant undercount of votes of local judges' race, they reported. Then November 7, 2023, suspicion grew when the voters discovered their printouts meant to confirm their votes on the devices did not match their choices. Again, for those judges' race. And I pulled up a couple of places before as recounts have to be done in a couple of local elections around the country where, yes, in one case, ballot drop boxes were being stuffed. Which is what I mean by just make it as difficult as possible. Cheating is going to happen. It will. The trick is to make sure it doesn't happen on such a scale that it's actually going to influence the election. 
Now, to be fair to the Democrats out there, I say this every single time. Democrats are actually doing a public service by signing up dead people to vote. Now, let me ask you a question here. One of the reasons we fought the American Revolution was taxation without representation, correct? Okay. Do we tax the dead? Yes, we do. In America, we actually tax the dead. Just because you die doesn't mean they're done with you. You're going to get taxed. All right, so now, after they've taxed the dead, do the dead get to vote? No, they don't. That's taxation without representation. So your Democrat, wanting to make sure that everything is fair and just in the world, as they see fair and just, will go out and gather as many dead people uh, names as possible and make sure that those people have voted on Election Day. Now, if you're wondering, so then why did my Uncle Charlie, who always voted Republican, suddenly vote Democrat after he died? That doesn't make sense. It actually does. Brain-dead zombies, how do they vote? Yeah, Democrat, exactly. So they're, they're performing a public service. You should thank them for it. But all right. So the story here says, this is something that's on Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. Every single Northampton County voter should sue the county for this travesty. It's disgusting and these machines cannot be used for another election. So they're having problems. They got this electric touchscreen voting system. Which, if you look at that and think, well, but that's so easy to hack. Look at Paper ballots are easy to hack, too, okay? The trick is just to make sure that it's not happening, whatever that means, to make sure that it's very difficult to do. And if you think, well, just get people to hand count the ballots, providing you can trust that, because as you've seen in the past, that's been open to fraud as well. Especially when votes are suddenly found in an election. We found that before. Uh, Political notes that Northampton officials acknowledge pre-election software testing conducted jointly should have caught the problem. We deeply regret what has occurred today, et cetera, et cetera. As you can imagine, the mistrust. And again, imagine, I've talked to you in the past uh, month or so here about some local elections, not here in our area, but across the country, uh, mayoral elections and so on. Well, they've actually busted people at ballot drop boxes Stuffing the drop boxes. All right, coming up on 742, wake up my own. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, after we've gone through all of the Thanksgiving weekend, which overall wasn't bad, we got the snow and so on, although I know the roads out there in some areas got really icy. That did cause some problems, but I didn't see anything closed down, did you? Yeah, we had closures. Uh, Interstate 80 for a good part of Thursday afternoon into Friday was closed. Okay. Because of the ice and the wrecks, but, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, you expect that those, those yeah. things happen, yeah. but, uh, sounds like most people just took it smart, took it slow, uh, when the roads were icy. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, as far as snow amounts, I put up on my social media, how much snow did you get? And as you would expect, well, that just depends on where you are. There's a few people who sent me pictures of just being 
buried. Other people, they got a dusting on their yard. Yeah, and that's how fall, that's how snow falls in Wyoming. It, 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 Wyoming's a big state, and when we get these big storms like this, I mean, a lot of people end up getting disappointed uh, because they don't get maybe as much as they thought they would. Um, and that area's got more than they thought they would, and that was certainly in that Fremont County area with a foot and a half there in Riverton, well over 20, 20 to 5, you know, some spots around Lander up to 30 inches of snow out of this storm. But there was a lot of what we call snow shadowing since this was an arctic surge coming in from the northeast the ridges in the mountains that that trend east west or they they tend to have a north or an east facing slope tended to get the most snow but if you are on the other side of these ridges or the mountain ranges it's a down slope wind for you so you end up with what i call snow holes you'll get we had snow holes uh, around Laramie. Laramie didn't get very much at all. We had a snow hole southwest of Casper as well. Casper Mountain caused a snow shadow there southwest of Casper, but you get on the other side of the mountain, and there was a lot more snow. Lander and Riverton get a ton of snow. You get on the other side over towards Pinedale and Cora, not nearly as much. So the wind direction and the angle attack on these storms is really, really critical on who gets the most? And how it comes swirling in. Because last winter, we got a lot of good snow all over the region. And yet, if I remember right, Laramie barely got touched. Yeah, but Rollins had record snow. Yeah. You know, only 100 miles apart. And and that's what happens. Terrain, the terrain in Wyoming really drives where the, the heavier snow is going to fall. And each storm's a little bit different. But you're never going to get a storm. I mean, it's rare okay. where everybody gets about the same thing. There's going to be always be winners and losers. Okay, so colder this week, but not horrible. Not horrible, but more like it should be after the first three weeks of November. We're pretty warm compared to average. We're going to go through this week with, I just call it chilly. Uh, it's not going to be brutally cold, uh, but we're not going to see temperatures like we had earlier in the month. Snow chances are going to be low until maybe the weekend when we'll see some snow showers come into the far western and southern areas of the state. I think mainly the high country. So over the next seven days, Glenn, it's just going to be chilly, but there's no big storm lined up. Just a couple of little ones. All right. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Well, that was a pretty good weekend overall, Don Day with day weather. Frank Gambino is still out today. He went on vacation to Chicago. We thought he was going to be back today, but he's not. It's okay, though. I got stuff to fill in for Frank. I don't know how to describe it to people that didn't see the Paralympics. It's sort of like the Paralympics. It's sort of like a children's book where all the broken toys have a picnic. <laughs> After closing out a successful first season, the WNBA is considering several changes to improve the level of play in the league next year. Among the proposals, extending the playoffs, increasing salaries, bringing back the three-point line, and replacing all these female players with guys. <laughs> okay, WNBA high scoring and enter. Oh, Google! Did you mean NBA high scoring? That's terrible! Come on now. All right, let's try a different one. WNBA triple double. And enter. Oh, Google. Look what Google said. Did you mean NBA triple double? Google, that is sexist. Any cricket fans in? Interesting fact about cricket. Cricket was invented at Rugby Public School when some boys were playing football and one of the boys forgot the ball and they're all standing in a field and nothing happened. <laughs>
Let's make it easier. WNBA double double. Enter. See, this is what happens when Frank doesn't show up for work. Washington Redskins, should they be able to call themselves the Redskins? I don't know. Yeah, Yes. Some people say no. I think that they should be able to. But, but, then they can only draft actual Native Americans to play for the team. Right? Think about that. That would be a badass football team. Just imagine 11 screaming Navajos coming down the field. And they would have the best defense in the league. Because they are not giving up any more territory. That's right. But that's what it should be. Whatever your team says they are, that's what they should have to be. If you're the if you're the San Francisco 49ers, your entire team should be 49-year-old men. That's it. Just in the huddle complaining about hemorrhoids and bad backs, losing every Sunday. To teams like the Vikings, like real Vikings. Horns coming out of the helmet, and the Buccaneers would come out with an eye patch. And no, they should be what they say. Chicago Bears should come out real Bears with helmets on, playing against 11 Dolphins just dead on the field by halftime. I watch a lot of sports. My wife can't handle it. She's like, I don't get you. You go to the game, and you come home, you watch the highlights on Sports Center of the game you just went to, and the next thing you read about in three different papers on the internet. What are you, slow? Are you a simpleton? Is there a test that they, they lost? 14 to 7, not coming back. Because you don't know what it's like to cheer for a team since you've been seven. You've never been affiliated with a team. You grew up in Iowa. What you cheer for? Corn? Come on, corn, grow. Hope we have a good harvest this year. So one part of that, uh, one of the comedians that was just playing for you there, I noticed he talked about the 49ers being a bunch of 49-year-old guys complaining about their hemorrhoid problems and things like that. I have a breakfast on Saturdays with a group of guys, all pilots and so on. And my sister had pointed out when she had joined us that we're all getting gray hair and now this is where the old guys meet. And oh, God. I never wanted to be part of that group. I had to put the brakes on the conversation this past Saturday. Because right away, some of them started complaining about pain that they were having and what their doctor had told them and medication they were taking. And I said, hell no, we're not we're not going there. I'm not going to be part of that old guy's group that sits around the table in a restaurant and complains about all of their medical issues for the entire time that we're together. Let's talk about anything else. Let's talk about the cute young waitress that just went by. Like we used to do when we were young men, not like these old guys sitting at the table complaining about the latest, oh, and and so-and-so has to get a hip replacement. And guess who's in the hospital for, don't ever, I don't care how old I get, don't want to be the, yeah, I, I just, know. I told him right then and there, I'm putting my foot down with this group. We meet every single Saturday, and we're not going there. We're not. We're going to keep talking like young men, even though we're not anymore. I don't want old guy conversation. So coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, we're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones as soon as we hit the 8 o'clock hour. So it's not just what I want to talk about. You guys can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll get into it right after news and weather at 
the top of the hour here. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. 11 more Israeli hostages. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Hamas expected to release them soon. The last group on the last day of a ceasefire. A lot of Zaycheks already had two cousins set free, but tells Fox four more are still held captive. My cousin, her husband, and their three-year-old twins. And so we are very anxiously awaiting news about them. An American-Israeli girl among those released yesterday. Four-year-old Abigail Idan, the four-year-old orphan who was, she was a uh, with her parents when they were killed. Now, among the others released yesterday, the nine children, six of those other kids had at least one parent that was killed. That's Fox's Alex Hogan in Israel, which is planning to release 33 more Palestinian prisoners. There is talk of extending the pause and fighting. Israeli government spokesman Ilan Levy says, We want to see the second stage of that agreement uh, go into place to the extent that Hamas is interested to release more hostages. Uh, I've seen the reports that Hamas says that it can't locate all of them. That is, of course, Horrific. President Biden wants the truce to last longer to get more humanitarian aid into Gaza. The U.S. has been targeted again in the Middle East. A warship, the USS Mason, hit, or targeted rather, while stopping the hijacking of a ship. U.S. officials tell us two missiles were then fired from a part of nearby Yemen controlled by the Iran-backed Houthi militia. They landed in the sea about 11 miles from the Mason. That's Fox's Jonathan Savage. Later this hour, a Burlington, Vermont man, Jason Eaton, goes to court facing charges in Saturday night shooting that left Three men of Palestinian descent wounded. The nation's largest Muslim civil rights organization is calling on state and federal law enforcement to look into a potential bias motive. Two of them were wearing traditional Palestinian scarves called kafiyas when the suspect confronted them. Fox's Molly Linus back to school this morning for kids in Portland, Oregon. They haven't been in class since Halloween because of a teacher strike that ended with a tentative contract last night. America's listening to Fox News. All right, Christmas will be here before we know it. If you're looking for a really special gift, I encourage you to check out the firearms made right here in America by our great friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, you start by going to their website, henryusa.com, order their free holiday gift guide, and they'll mail it with free decals that you can use for stocking stuffers. Perfect timing. Folks, when you give someone a Henry, you're giving them a work of art that is built with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen as a collector. Now, their performance is top-notch. Mine were accurate, all of them, right out of the box. They shoot smooth and straight, and they have been reliable ever since. They have over 200 models of rifles and shotguns and revolvers to choose from. One of the things I like the most about these firearms, they're family heirlooms. They'll always be backed by the company's lifetime warranty. So if you want to put something that's... Mostly sunny to partly sunny skies, breezy and dry here to start the week, but a little on the chilly side. Temperatures in Casper and central Wyoming will be low to mid-30s today. Gusty southwest winds of 15 to 30 miles an hour. Lows tonight, upper teens and low 20s under clear skies. Sunny and breezy. Mid-30s Tuesday, teens Tuesday night. Sunny and breezy, low 30s Wednesday. A bit more in the way of clouds. Little bit colder with highs only 20s to near 30 for Thursday and Friday with cold nights in the teens. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver. 
and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow in his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my grandpa Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough. But if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. You'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Habitat for Humanity, the Heart of Wyoming, is now accepting applications for its homeownership program until January 31st for those who work or live in Natrona County. Qualified applicants must demonstrate need, an ability to repay an interest-free home loan, and willingness to partner. Request an application by calling our office at 234-1348 or visiting heartofwyoming.org. That is heartofwyoming.org. Applications are available in English or Spanish. Habitat for Humanity is an equal opportunity lender. Hi. Hi, this is Jenny with JR's Hunt for Life, sharing our mission of suicide prevention and awareness with our community partners, urging you to pause, look, and listen to your family and neighbors and daily pay it forward with kindness, no judgments, and a healthy dose of hope. Hope is the enemy of suicide. Take advantage of the moments you have to participate in saving lives. Join the movement to stop suicide. JR's Hunt for Life, reminding you that talk saves lives. For information on local resources, join our Facebook page. 806 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. At some point every single day, you get open phones. Most hosts only do that on a Friday. I always like to give an opportunity for you guys to jump in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's a very, it's a, a, probably the most dangerous time in this program every single day, but I'll risk it for you guys. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? 
Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? This Very morning? good. What you got for me? Well, I called you because you seem to know a lot. And you have a lot of resources. No. Um, you know we had just had Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then there's Black Friday, mm-hmm. Small Business Saturday, and um, Cyber Monday. Right. There's a name for Sunday, too, and I don't know what it is. Do you? Uh, the Sabbath? Well, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. that has to do with... <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> if they do something on Sunday, I don't know. I... Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but there is... It is something, and I don't know what it is. Well, I looked okay. it up, and they didn't have anything. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. I'll see if I can look that up here. Uh, that's all she wanted to call about. So, okay, I tell you what, Melissa, if you're still out there. Um, Black. I'm looking up Black Friday, right? Okay. Uh, I'm typing it for her. Uh, Cyber Monday. Okay. Hmm. No, Small Business Saturday. I don't know if they have anything. Nope. Okay. I don't see anywhere where it says that there's a sale day for Sunday, a special sale day. No idea. If anyone else out there does know that they have a special sale day, because I only know, Melissa, what you just brought up. I've never heard about a sale day on, on Sunday. I kind of assumed that's when most people go ahead and take the day off anyway and try to make a dent in the leftovers that they had in the refrigerator. Okay, now, you can do what she just did. She just stopped me in my tracks and asked a question and we move on. If you want to interrupt me, that's just fine. So. As I've told you before, there are those who want to put the coal, gas, and oil industry out of business completely. And it doesn't matter if Wyoming gets involved in carbon sequestration. That's not going to stop them. They want it all shut down, all of it. Unfortunately, in order to get into wind and solar energy, they have to have coal. And I've got another story that backs that up. So, yeah, that goes way back. Uh, Lee Dorsey did that song a long, long time ago. No matter who you are, you probably weren't born yet. $37 billion in rare earth minerals in Wyoming coal mine. Great story. Cowboy State Daily. Thanks to Renee, Renee Jean is her name, for writing this up. Ramcota Resources, Northern Wyoming, says it's discovered the largest unconventional rare earth deposits in the United States. About $37 billion bonanza that can make the Cowboy State ground zero for domestic production of the stuff. 
Turns out the company is just getting started on determining the size of its prize. The company has tested just a third of its 16,000-acre coal mine in Sheridan, which it bought sight unseen. I remember telling you guys about this. I wrote up a story a little while ago when they first did this. When they first, this was a guy who invested $2 million into buying some land that he hoped he'd be able to get some coal out of, which had been a coal mine before, and then found, among other things besides coal there, rare earth minerals, which could be worth about $37 billion. Now, this in part shows you, not entirely, but in part will show you why you can't close down coal mines. Because I've said, oh, there we go. Scott and Cheyenne. Hey, Melissa, are you still out there? Scott and Cheyenne says it's Sofa Sunday. Thanksgiving and Thursday, Black Friday sales, Small Business Saturday, Sofa Sunday, and then Cyber Monday. I Okay, I'm no, I think he nailed it. Anyway, so as I pointed out before, If you want to make solar panels, as one example, you have to use certain elements that are found in coal. You cannot make solar panels without coal. You're going to have to have it. And then to heat all of the elements that go into a solar panel to make them come together to make what the actual panel is, you have to have something burning hot enough to make them all melt and smelt together. And that would be coal. So for those people who are thinking we can just go ahead and get rid of coal altogether, shut down the coal mines, no, you can't. And we've also talked about before, in order to make other types of energy like, uh, well, your your wind, but also your uh, solar, but also in order to make electric cars, et cetera, et cetera. Not only do you need elements that come from coal itself, as well as rare earth mineral mining, but you're going to have to have petroleum. And you can't do it without those things. You cannot. So for those people who are determined to keep it in the ground, sorry, you can't. And a lot of the coal mines that you want to close do have rare earth minerals in them besides other elements that are needed as well to construct what you want to construct and what you think is a green economy. Just so you know. See, if you actually research these things, you find this stuff out. Susie and Casper, I think I heard something about a secondhand Sunday. Hmm. After a small business Saturday? I don't think that's official, or maybe I dreamt it, she says. Okay. (laughs) I'll go with the... No, I'm going to go with you dreamt it because it was Sofa Sunday. That's what I'm going with. 814, let's wake up my... Live and local, all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Eight nineteen is the time. Hey, Melissa, you still out there? Okay, I have the answer for you. <laughs> See, Melissa called, and she wanted to know after Thanksgiving, there's a Black Friday. Call Black Friday because that's when retail stores, which are normally, well, for most of the year, they're in the red financially, but then all of a sudden they make their year. That's Black Friday. So they go from red ink to black ink 
in that. Okay, so it's Black Friday. And then there's uh, Small Business Saturday, and then we have Cyber Monday. What happens on Sunday? And so I thought it was a joke when I get, well, Sofa Sunday. From the Guardian newspaper, Black Friday, Sofa Sunday, Cyber Monday. (laughs) You can... Uh, thank Red and Casper for sending you that one, Melissa. Here's what the story says. Shopping Hell Week. Mentioned first in 1960s Philadelphia. Two frazzled parents angrily tug over the last doll. It was basically from hell, and that's okay. Presumably the beginnings of Black Friday, right? Okay, then uh, still only two days left. So, Okay. That's only one day. He said, I thought this week was um, unbridled spending. Hold your horses. Then, of course, there's Small Business Saturday, following Monday, Cyber Monday, where people descend upon their laptops and start feverishly trying to buy things at great discounts. That's today, by the way. That's only two days. What what about Sunday? Well, Sofa Sunday. He said, stretching the premises a bit. No, I'm not. Sofa Sunday is a real day when everyone dresses up in impractical loungewear and goes shopping on their mobile devices. I see. So it's like a Cyber Monday, but you're using your phones, basically. And you're sitting there on your phone looking for great deals. That's supposed to be a shopping day. It's not just lounging around and doing nothing. It's supposed to be a shopping day. Oh, 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 you're right. Jan then says, and then there's Taco Tuesday. So let's go ahead. <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up then. Thank you, Jan. She's in Cheyenne. Let's, let's get, let's see how this works out. So Thanksgiving, we stuff ourselves. Then on Friday, it's, you know, Black Friday, shopping mayhem, getting the black eye over that Barbie doll and so on. Okay. Then there's Small Business Saturday. Sofa Sunday is when you're just lounging around, recovering from all the leftovers you've been eating, and you grab your cell phone and you go shopping on your cell phone. Cyber Monday, the only difference is rather than using your cell phone, use your laptop or your tablet. Other than that, that's Cyber Monday. When we're done with all of that, it's Taco Tuesday. Jan is absolutely right. Okay. So now, (laughs) Melissa, aren't you glad you called this program with all of the help that's out there? All right. So something happening that I didn't see this coming, but I'm not surprised. We're supposed to be more modern and enlightened today, right? Sure. There's more cults than ever before. More different kinds of, of religion than ever before. And I include in that the cult of climate change, which is a doomsday religion. There really is. There are, look, it's one thing if you want to take care of the environment, CO2 is not a pollutant. But then there's the cult of climate change, which I've told you about. We'll get a load of this. Headline, apocalyptic fears for end of the world spark perfect hotbed of a global rise in exorcism as the end draws nigh. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. And while we're out, we'll mend our fences too. 
See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse with you. So here we go. Apocalyptic fears. Story says while belief in religions at an all time it says here all time low. <clears throat> um I I don't know about that. What do you think? I to me, a lot of traditional older religions are struggling. Okay? That's my my impression that I get. I can't cite any evidence, but my impression tends to be that a lot of older more traditional religions are having problems because they don't quite know how to relate to a younger generation. All right. Again, tell me if I'm wrong about that. Meantime, though, there's all sorts of other smaller religions that have popped up all over the place, and a lot of them are very cult-like, and I don't necessarily mean satanic cults, but a lot of weird cults out there, cults of personalities especially. And yes, I do consider the cult of climate change, which, again, if you want to take care of the planet, fine. But these are the extremists who honestly believe we're in a doomsday scenario. And they want the world taken over with their religion, so you have to do extreme things like eat bugs. Seriously. All right, so in the midst of, let me say, uh, the belief in religion, all-time low, 60% of Americans still believe in hell. And the devil, but again, he's talking traditional religions. In the midst of shifting religious landscapes, he says exorcism, the ritual of purging someone from demonic possession, has been on the rise, a boom that spans not only the United States but beyond. Andrew Chestnut, chair of Catholic Studies in Virginia Commonwealth University, says no doubt there's a global exorcism born, not just U.S., but also Latin America. The driving force behind the surge, according to Chestnut, is Pentecostalism, Pentecostals, a branch of Christianity emphasizing the power of the Holy Spirit, which has become uh, expansive as a brand of Christianity worldwide since its inception in Los Angeles, California in 1905. Uh, Hold on, pause. <clears throat> Melissa, you still out there? Java Dad 35 just added Whiskey Wednesday. Okay, hold on. I'll get back to the uh, apocalypse story in just a moment here. <clears throat> so we had um, Thursday Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Okay, and then Small Business Saturday, Sofa Sunday, Cyber Monday, Taco Tuesday. Now Java Dad says Whiskey Wednesday. Okay, so I think we've pretty much covered the week here, right? Okay, cool. Moving on. Pentecostals, pioneers openly embracing exorcism in the 70s and 80s. So where, where all the movies, when they show an exorcism, they always show a priest. As in Catholic priest, but not necessarily according to this. According to Chestnut, it's a free market of faith. If you want to be complete and have all the goods and the services and so on. So one professor of Chase Western Reserve University observes that the U.S. has long been, been a hub for spiritualism and emphasizes on individuality and so on. He said many more people have moved away from institutional religions towards spirituality. See, that's what I'm talking about. 
I don't think religion is dead. I think it's just changed where it comes from. Where individuals are able to pick and choose doctrines, practices, rituals, okay, healing, purifying, and so on. This toolbox approach empowers individuals to be much more able to act on their own without any religious hierarchy at all. But the U.S. has always been a potential breeding ground for performing exorcisms, and that's what seems to be happening now. There's more exorcisms than ever before, Latin America and the United States. Chestnut suggests the rise in exorcism may be linked to global anxiety about world events with religious individuals. Well, these are people who I, I was watching someone. There's a uh, YouTube page I follow where there's a young lady who, well, I, young, she's in her 30s, not so young anymore. And she is a uh, astrophysicist. And she's very good at what she does as far as explaining what's happening in the worlds of astrophysics. She's over in the UK, and when they had the COVID lockdowns, and she was stuck at home for quite a while, she started to see or seek out help because she was having anxiety problems. And I think stuff like that causes anxiety, which causes freakouts in some people. And that causes folks to seek out all sorts of help, including your local exorcist, if, if that's the case. Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. Right after local news update on your weather forecast, you and I get back into it again. 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97 Woods. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. I'll just kind of roll with it. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Serious takes on local politics or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Well, I hope you're sitting down for this one. 836 the time. I just came across a news story that I thought, I'm sorry, she said what? And you're going to wonder, of course, right away, who will who, she. Senator Elizabeth Warren. Well, I've just got to pay homage to her people as I announce Senator Warren, right? Isn't that the way this works over here? Okay, well, that's always been the Elizabeth Warren intro music. So uh, the headline that I just came across... Senator Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren, epiphany on Obamacare's unattended consequences. Really, she has actually admitted that there were unintended consequences to Obamacare, the Unaffordable Care Act? Oh, this is getting on my 
That goes all the way back to when the website for Obamascare, the Unaffordable Care Act, which they spent way, way, way too much money making that website, and then it just crashed. And then they spent double the money to get it fixed because they didn't have a warranty on it. These people are just brilliant, right? All right, let's get to the story here. Story reads, Senator Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren, Democrat, Massachusetts, quote, is at long last acknowledging that Obamascare, the Unaffordable Care Act, has increased health care prices and created other unintended consequences, according to the Wall Street Journal. Warren, who has long supported the Unaffordable Care Act, the official name is not Obamacare, by the way, recently had an epiphany about industrial consolidation and price increases caused by what was supposed to be a health care act that would do all the op- remember what we- I've told you this many times before whenever government wants to fix something in most cases it doesn't need to be fixed in the first place but when they go to fix something they're going to make all of these promises and the opposite of their promises are going to come true so with Obamacare it was supposed to provide uh, easy to access health care at an affordable cost. Okay, so healthcare was supposed to be easy to access and affordable. And the opposite of that happened. So let's take a look at this. A bipartisan letter, she and Senator Mike Braun, Republican of Indiana, complained that the nation's largest health insurance are dodging Obamacare medical loss ratios, according to the journal. As Warren describes in the letter, health insurers have exploited this situation, making for sky-high prescription drug costs and excessive corporate profits. So, so hold on now. You mean that there are businesses out there, unscrupulous businesses, who found a way to take advantage of a government program and make a lot of money off of it while screwing the American people? By using a government program to do it? God, that's never happened before, has it? I can't remember when that's ever happened before. Never happened before, has it? In functioning markets, generic drugs cost 80 to 85% less than their name brand equivalents, giving patients a much-needed relief from high drug costs and saving taxpayer dollars, Warren wrote. But patients, including patients in public health care programs like Medicare and Medicaid, who either use or are compelled to use uh, vertically integrated specialty pharmacies, are not seeing any relief. The senator continued, By owning every link in the chain, conglomerates like United Health Group which include the insurer, PBM, a pharmacy, and physician practice, can send inflated medical payments to the pharmacy. Then, by realizing those payments on the pharmaceutical side, the side that charges for care, rather than insurance side, the insurance line of businesses appears to be in compliance. Okay, they're keeping more money for themselves. The journal explained that despite Democrats arguing that it would help patients, the rule has instead made things more expensive. Again, it's always the opposite of what they promised. It's going to be, they said, less expensive 
and easier to access for healthcare, medication, stuff like that. And as I've been reporting for years on this, and the opposite of all of that has happened. So your government takes over public schools and things are not doing better. Your government takes over college. They want to make college more affordable. You can't even get a college loan today without go, going through government. And, and this, I think, is unconstitutional. If you want to borrow money to go to college, you have to go through government to do it. That's got to be unconstitutional. Well, okay, so what's happened with college tuition? It's College is not accessible to all and affordable. The opposite of that has happened. I do have an article here. Take a look at it real quick here. Biden's clean energy scam fund. Now, what were you told about energy? See, this goes right along with Obamacare and all, all the others. College and so on. It's the opposite of what they promised. You were told when it comes to wind and solar power and so on. It was going to be clean, green, affordable, sustainable, reliable. And the opposite of all of that has happened. As your electricity prices continue to skyrocket and energy gets less reliable. Story says in the past few days, this reporter spoke with mid-level government employees who described the federal government under Joe Biden as a weld oil machine. I don't actually laugh out loud, he says, but so here's the Biden slush fund. Buried in all of the trillions of dollars of Biden's stimulus bill is a reboot of the Obama era fund that poured billions of dollars into failed green tech that left Obama cronies richer at the and the rest of us poor for it without anything that they promised. Solyndra, the solar company, right? Remember that one? Obama's stimulus package was $80 billion set aside to squander on people who could talk the game and transform us into what they called green energy. And it turned out to be a scam. It was a scam for them, infuriating people like us, providing some dark humor to guys like me too. But anyway, uh, all of this now, we had Solyndra and Fisk Automotive and A123 Battery, to name a few, that all just turned out to be scams back then. Well, as if to prove anything, Mr. Biden could botch 10 years ago. He could botch it even bigger now. Americans, it says, grasp at the audacity of Barack Obama's $814 billion stimulus in 2009, grabbing some $80 billion in what they call clean energy. But the Biden administration has spent far more than that, $400 billion dollars. And there's a list of companies here that have produced nothing and have gone bankrupt. You know, I'll get a little bit more into this next hour. There's a list of companies I have right in front of me here who have taken all of this money, produced nothing. Some of them have even gone bankrupt. Some of them haven't, but I'll explain who they are as well. It's turned out to be a massive scam. 845, wake up. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight. The times. Wake up, Wyoming. I, some things just bust my childhood dreams. I'll explain in just a second. First off, uh, yeah, we expected Frank Gambino back from his vacation today. He's not here, and we're scratching our heads. When did he have Monday off? Too, I don't remember having a Monday off. Okay, we'll find out what happened, to Frank. Meantime, 
just you and me doing what's regularly the sports section. Real quick, um, you ever see something that just kind of busts your childhood dreams? You realize that things that you were told was a lie? Yeah, okay, for example, a coyote is a hell of a lot faster than a roadrunner. Coyote can catch a roadrunner anytime he wants. Yeah, your entire, your, your entire childhood was a lie. All right. I say that because I just came across a picture on social media. So it shows Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy, which, by the way, I never understood that romance. It's just simply not going to work out between the two. But no, I know you might think that I'm into speciesism or something like that, and I'm a, a bigot. But no, no, no. It just can't physically work out between the two of them. But anyway, here is uh, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Plus, she was never good for him. She's too hard on him. He he can do better than Miss Piggy, honestly. It's all right. And I'm looking at a behind the scenes of what it looked like on the other side. Because we always see from the front what they're doing. What's behind and underneath? Yeah, first off, Kermit the Frog, you usually see him from the hips. He has, that's as far down as it goes. This continues on down to the guy's elbow that's, and there's no legs down there. It's just like a green tube underneath Kermit. That's just disturbing. And then the other guy who's, a guy who's doing the Miss Piggy character does not look like who you would expect to be doing Miss Piggy. Nowhere near. And they're both holding the puppets way up above their heads behind a table and the script is on a piece of car- taped on a piece of cardboard in front of them that they're reading as they hold the puppets way up high. Now again, my entire childhood just flashed before my eyes, and everything is a complete lie. Frank's not here today. Let's fill in for sports. Still here? Well, all right then. The study of bodily tissue as it changes over time from infectious disease is called histopathology. The color orange is named after the fruit, not the other way around. It was 28 degrees Fahrenheit in Springfield, Missouri at 5.55 a.m. on Tuesday, February 1st, 2011. The two best-selling authors of all time are William Shakespeare and Agatha Christie, with sales for each estimated between two and four billion books. The inventor of the fire hydrant is unknown because the device's original patent was destroyed in a fire. Tomatoes are the official state vegetable of New Jersey, and tomato juice is the official state beverage of Ohio. Actor Kiefer Sutherland's full name is Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey George Rufus Sutherland. Actor Richard Deere's middle name is Tiffany. Before the invention of alarm clocks, there was a profession in which you would knock on windows with a long stick to wake people up. These people were called knocker-uppers, and the people who woke them up were called knocker-upper, knocker 
soccer uppers. The S in C.S. Lewis stands for staple. The S in Ulysses S. Grant doesn't stand for anything. Cuba and North Korea are the only countries on the planet in which Coca-Cola is not officially sold. The words aspirin, cellophane, escalator, flip phone, laundromat, linoleum, and trampoline were all originally trademarked but have since become generic terms. Rabbits cannot vomit. April 11, 1954 has been declared by some historians the most boring and uneventful day of the 20th century. As of April 11, 2021, the studio that I work in has six active leaks, smells like sewage, and my landlord still doesn't care. So that guy that I just played for you there, he's a he's got a popular YouTube channel. He started by doing just one of those. Here's a bunch of random facts that you would not care about in the least. And it was the most successful video he ever put out, getting millions and millions of views. And so he decided, fine, I'll go ahead and do another one for you guys. But just so you know, I hate this. I just thought it was something to put out a post. I didn't like doing it. I thought it was stupid. He's done, as far as I know, four of these total, where they're just random facts about absolutely nothing. And he has never had more popularity than he does right now. Chris and Casper, I hit a coyote with my truck recently in Oklahoma. <laughs> Dodged him once, but then he turned right back into my path. It's easy to see why the Roadrunner always won. Let's <laughs> wake up my own. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. Hope you're enjoying those leftovers. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I'm going to finish up something that I was working on last hour with you guys, and then something new about Governor Gordon. Just well, not entirely new, but it's working its way up the food chain, if you will, in news media. So I'll get to that in just a moment as well. But trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so the story I was working on last hour, I started with... Of all people, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, admitting that Obamacare is costing people more money, especially when it comes to drug prices, that's not doing what it's supposed to do. It's doing the opposite. She flat out admits that. And I started pointing out all sorts of other things that government promised, and what happened is the opposite of what they promised. Right, so with that, I got to the story 
about how during the Obama years, and remember Biden was vice president in charge of a lot of this, all sorts of money was given to companies that were supposed to give us wind, solar, power, and most of that money was just vanished. It just disappeared. And we got nothing out of it. And I named several companies. Solyndra was one of them. But there's several other companies that just got pockets full of money and went bankrupt. And we never saw anything. Well, now that Obama's in, I'm sorry, that uh, Biden's in charge again. Far more money than was spent during the Obama years has been spent so far this time around. And what are we getting for it? More wind and solar companies going bankrupt. But get a load of this. The story says the Biden spending rampage has bestowed on the director of, whoop, hang on. Like I said, during this time, I'm always, it, it's an open phone segment. And when I get into an open phone segment, at any point, someone can interrupt me and just stop. So, go to the phones. Doesn't matter if she's talking about what I want to talk about or something else. Judy's with us. Hey, Jude. Bill, you're right on it with Governor Gordon in the backlash from state lawmakers. Yeah. Uh, when he was talking about carbon dioxide, does the idiot know plants and trees suck that in and it makes yeah. them greener? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted you to see that story. And then uh, it was another one here. Let me find it real quick. Uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, I'm getting ready to watch this one. It started a little earlier. Uh, the, they want to divert, the Republicans want to divert the $14.3 billion IRS funds to aid Israel. Now, I'm not real happy about that, but if they're taken away from the IRS, I'm really, really happy. Okay. Uh, some of the talking points of the Democrats says achieve an 87% level, peak level of service. What have you ever known the IRS to ever be? Yeah. Uh, uh, anything like that. Uh, answer three million more calls. We only have three hundred and sixty million Americans there. Works out to where fourteen point three billion divided by the hundred and forty thousand dollar hundred and forty thousand more taxpayers that they want to be able to help works out to where each one gets a hundred and two thousand one hundred and forty two dollars a year for their wages. And they get to carry guns. So if you don't pay your bill, what, do they get to shoot you? Right. So, yeah. okay, so yeah, they, they want to grow the IRS mainly, and they say to go after the rich people, but you know it's not really going to work that way. The rich people got to hide their money. We're not yeah. stupid. Yeah. I mean, in the middle class, uh, they're, they're bouncing off of their credit cards right now just to mm. feed their families. Yeah. And the housing market is going down. It, it's about ready to bust. Nobody can buy a house at 80%. Right. You know? And some of these banks are going belly up. I mean, that's five of them this year alone. Um, I'm still telling people, get your money out of the banks, these big banks. Yeah. Go with your local small, you know, in-town banks because at least you have a chance to keep your money. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So this is a massive mess that has been created. And we're just, everything's just sort of teetering right now. We're just waiting to see oh, yeah. if it tips over or can be rescued. Oh, I don't think it can be rescued. I think we're going to go belly up. Yeah. Well, not uh, rescued by these guys anyway. But do talk about Gordon's deal. I thought that was a pretty interesting article. Yeah. I, well, now I'm getting to that next. I'm going to finish up something here. And then the Gordon deal is up next.
Gordon Deal. Hey, okay. remember him? Well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I had a great Thanksgiving. What about you? Good. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuffed on things I shouldn't have eaten, but I, you know, it was great. I've been eating it for three days, man. I've yeah. had turkey for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. Okay. And okay. then I even made extra stuffings because I love <laughs> stuffings. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. For me, I'm a gravy fiend. Yes. It goes over every every little thing that I eat gets smothered in gravy. Yep, me too. Except and for I the good gravy. Except for the year that the neti pot incident happened. Other than that, oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stop. I blew my coffee out of my face when you said yes, that. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on, Drew. Thanks for calling in real quick. And you can do what she just did. She just interrupted me, which is what I always do with the open phone segment of the program. Let me get this out of the way. So, okay, here's all this money coming from the Biden administration that's going toward companies that are supposed to be providing us with all of this clean, green technology for energy, right? Okay, well, Mr. Shasha, I think is how you pronounce his name. Let's see, small time bit. The agency used $1 billion for a company that promised to make hydrogen out of natural gas. A solar company that received a $3 billion guarantee, and they never, like Solyndra, they went belly up. General Motors scooped up $2.5 billion for electric vehicle battery plants. Ford landed a $9.2 billion battery commitment as well. Uh, Ford will be $3.3 billion larger with a company borrowed during the Detroit meltdown in 2008-2009, but they're having problems. Okay, so let's see. Uh, revenue, there's about $400 billion that's gone out so far. And in taking a look at what's going out, what honestly have we received from this? Well, it has a short list here of, of companies that have either gone belly up or have not yet produced anything that they promised that they were going to produce. And some of the auto manufacturers out there who've gotten a lot of money in subsidies for building electric cars are scaling back on electric cars because despite all the subsidies, they're losing money in all of this. Despite the billions they've received, they're still, they're still losing money on this. Ford announced recently it's putting a hold on production of three massive EV plants which they've received billions of dollars for its flagship Rochester, New York facility, citing costs of development. So we're not going to get anything out of them. Despite the fact that we've given them billions of dollars, they've lost billions of dollars in in that, not just that money, but their own money on this. It's not worth it anymore. So they're shutting a lot of this down. For all those people with all of these electric cars are going to be out there, problem is many of these electric cars are not even going to be built because most of the electric cars that have been built haven't been sold. So you can see all of this money going out, wind and solar and electric cars and so on. What do we have to show for it? 9.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, rolling back into what Judy sent me a little while ago, which was an update on the story involving Governor Mark Gordon. And what I'm pointing out, we've talked about this, but it's working its way up the media chain. Oftentimes, a story happens locally, 
And then as people further up the, you know, in, in more national media start to notice, they're looking for stories, something to write about. So this is just the news. They're not a major organization, but I do refer to them every single morning as one of the smaller news sites that actually, as their title says, gives just the news. They're not interested in really being biased, left, right, whatever. Just here's the news, okay? Not into drama. They don't care what the Kardashians are doing. Okay, so the story says Wyoming governor's speech erupts in fight over fossil fuels. They mean organic fuels and carbon capture. Story says Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon sparked backlash from the state lawmakers when he discussed plans to make the Cowboy State carbon dioxide neutral during a talk at Harvard University. Quote, it's clear we have a warming climate, said the governor. It's clear that carbon dioxide is a major contributor to that challenge. There is an urgency in addressing the issue, Gordon said, in decarbonizing the West Talk. Now, of course, we've talked about how that got a lot of people upset and got his own political party, the Republican Party, to send him a little notice of dissatisfaction, essentially, is what it doesn't mean anything. But basically, it's just a little note that said, we're not happy with what you just said there. All right. So it's a note of no confidence, I think, is what they refer to that as. And since then, Governor Gordon, was, there were some members of his own party that said, would you like to debate on this? And they were going to bring in someone who would be a specialist for the governor to debate. The governor at first said fine, but then later said no. And said his whole point, because he believes CO2 is a pollutant and is causing climate change. He believes that. He always has. All right. So we're not going to convince him otherwise of that. But that's not really his point. When he said, I'm not going to debate, his point is we've got to sell Wyoming coal, gas, and oil as part of what we do. It's a major part of our economy. Now, last time I talked to the governor on air about this, I said, well, trying to appease them, governor, by sequestering CO2 isn't going to change their minds. And he rejected the idea that carbon sequestration in Wyoming is appeasement. Well, I think it's exactly what we're trying to do because – and so you know, Governor, uh, sequestering CO2 isn't going to stop them. They want all organic fuels left in the ground. Coal, gas, and oil need to remain in the ground. They don't ever want to use it. That's their goal. doesn't matter if we sequester CO2 or not. That's the goal. So the story says the governor added that the problem won't be solved by turning off organic fuels. He said fossil fuels. I'm correcting him. And promoted the use of carbon capture and sequestration. These technologies either capture CO2 at the source or at exhaust stack or directly suck it out of the atmosphere. So, yeah, the governor did sign a paper, a notice of intent with Colorado to put up a big facility that essentially as CO2, as the wind blows... It would just capture CO2 and sequester it right out of thin air. In talking with the governor on this program, he even admitted that that actually doesn't amount to a whole lot as far as capturing much in the way of CO2. And they go on to talk about capturing CO2 and the making of products and so on. Carbon capture sounds simple enough, but critics point out scaling up technology to meet the stated goals is enormously expensive. In an undertaking today, approximately 40 capture facilities are in operation around the world, capturing around 45, metric, 45 million metric tons of CO2 annually, which is nothing compared to all the CO2 that's out there. 
the uh, goal of making human-caused carbon dioxide emissions neutral by 2050 estimates that 70 to 100 of these facilities would have to come online every single year for the next 27 years. The numbers are astronomical and way too expensive, and it's not going to happen. Let's do that again. I think next time the governor's on, and he's coming on soon, I might have to mention that to him. We would have to put up about 100 of these facilities every single year for the next 27 years to reach the goals that are set out. And it's just not feasible to do it for a lot of reasons, including the expense of it. And think of what this does to your electric bill. Because already here in Wyoming, your utility rates are up a bit from what little carbon capture we're already doing. Writing in Master's Research, a a resource, a, a free market energy blog, they illustrated the amount of CO2 that would need to be captured to meet the goals. The Drax power station in England runs on about 20 tons of uh, wood pellets, delivering about 475 uh, railroad cars a day. Carbon capture technologies would need to capture twice that weight to meet the target. Again, not feasible. So during his discussion at Harvard, Gordon said Wyoming was one of the first states to commit to going carbon negative, not neutral, but negative in Wyoming. And uh, Wyoming passed a law that required regular uh, utilities to retrofit their coal fuel power plants for carbon capture technology. Now, that's another thing I've been talking to my representatives of and said, let's repeal that. Let's get rid of that. Let's stop this. And so far, the representatives I've talked to have said, yeah, we're with you on that. But let's get enough of them to actually repeal that. The law allows utilities to get an extra exemption if they can provide the upgrades uh, that would be just too expensive. Black Hills Energy, which supplies energy, uh, natural gas, and so on, throughout much of Wyoming, estimates that installing the technology would, at just one station, would cost about $468 million, which is nearly 12 times more costly than converting the plant to natural gas. Using carbon capture, the utility determined it would also increase residential commercial utility rates by 15%. Do that again because that's important. Using that, the utility determined it would increase your utility rate by about 15%. Cowboy State, with more than half a million residents, produces 12 times more energy than it consumes, including 40% coal production in the United States. It's also very large in oil and gas. I got more of this, which, of course, I'll look into. And keep reading. It's a very good article, you know, Judy, that you sent me there. It goes into a lot more detail than I had when I had some pretty good detail on this already. So I'll go ahead and work more on it. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into news time after that. Local national update on your weather forecast. You and me, we get back into it again. Open phones, of course, all the way. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. To wake up, Wyoming.
listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.36 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the phones we go. Cody and Carpenter's on the line. Hi, Cody. How you been? Hey, Glenn. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Oh, very good, yeah. Yeah, boy, I know this carbon capture deal. You know, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And I totally agree. I, I don't know where to start. You know, we, we are. They come into Laramie County, and you know, they're drilling injection wells now. Yeah, they'll be they'll be injecting here. Oh, probably first quarter, maybe second quarter of 2024. Putting us in here, they leased up land. You know, we so you know, I I was one of a couple people that kind of got together and put a landowners association together to try to deal with them. And you know, early on, I mean. It was just like, this is stupid. What, what, what? You know? Yeah. But it became terribly apparent. I mean, the University of Wyoming is pushing it. The state's pushing it. The county's pushing it. The mm-hmm. feds are pushing it. I mean, it was, you know, Cody the farmer and two or three other small guys against this whole thing. So, I mean, at some point it felt like you kind of had to go along to get along or get ruined. You know, I don't have the yeah. ability to hire lawyers and fight it and spend, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to stop it. When it's probably still going to happen anyway. Well, I think a big part of the reason why they keep pushing it also is University of Wyoming, and I might have the number wrong. It was something like $11 million, somewhere around there, to study carbon capture. I think all of these entities from your county government, state, you know, your state government and so on, they're looking at all the federal money rolling in if we do this. And so, hey, let's go grab that money. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, and the strange thing to me about it is virtually nobody that I've dealt with, from the drillers to the you know to the companies doing it, they all think it's dumb. Yeah, but 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 you know, I, it just almost feels like your idiocracy movie. Right. Oh all right, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I really appreciate you spreading the word and trying to talk about it. But as the guy here on the ground is involved right. with it, I mean, I almost feel guilty for being part of it. But, but right. I, I, what do we do? Yeah, what do you do? You know, what I mean. Yeah. Well, it's going to start, I think, in this case, it's going to start with the federal money stopping. I think that when the money runs out, a lot of this just comes to an end. Yeah. Well, and that's one to me I've always kind of discussed about Wyoming about. We all like to pat ourselves about being conservative and Republican and all this stuff. And then, oh, federal money, whatever, you know, which are just turning into a slave at the moment. There's federal money involved and suck it all up. You know, I I don't know. Have a good day. You too. All right. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. Hey, I do have over here. Let's see. There's several things that I had in my file, and which I played for you guys on air, and I'm now going to retire them. So let's play them one more time. There was this guy. What do you mean just stop oil? All your stuff is made out of oil. You idiot! Your clothes, these jackets—they're all made out of oil. What the hell are you doing here, making a nuisance of yourself? It's a joke! What a joke! What are you doing here? Get out the road! You're wasting everybody's time and petrol! So you see, there's, there's that guy, which I love, but it's time to retire that. There's this guy. Just a quick video to show you the brand new electric car and Tesla charging points here. Carded West Services. All the power boxes there, look. As you go up here, electric vehicle charging hub. They've got the cable running under the ground, right up here to the power source. And you charge your electric cars, yep, you guessed it, on diesel. This is a diesel generator running the lot because the power supply hasn't got the infrastructure to run the chargers. There you go. And, oh, and then this one, I had this for a while, but I haven't played it yet because I just couldn't find a reason to play it. But I love it. 
It's the macaroni song. Put some more cheese in the macaroni. You could add breading and some bologna. Macaroni song. So there, those those things right there, which I'm just going to go ahead and take the file and put it over there in the recycle bin and get rid of them. Okay. So I'm just trying to clean up before the end of the year. Now, Miss Mary thinks that I should never play this again. Every year, kids all over the world suffer from debilitating dad jokes. I walked into the kitchen yesterday and I said to my dad, hey, I'm hungry. And my dad said, hi, hungry. I'm dad. He'll never see his father the same way again. He's a dad joke survivor. Well, we were having dinner and dad spilled his peas on the table. He looked right at me and said, oh no, I have just peed on the table. Can she take her father out in public ever again? She's afraid to. The consequences can be devastating. Dad asked me, Have you heard about the new movie, Constipation? I was all like, what? No. And he said, it never came out. Who even calls a movie Constipation? Isaac now hates the film industry. Would even go to a movie. My dad and I were going past the aquarium. He said to me, how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? And he said, ten tickles. But what? Oh, tentacles. Aubrey now hates aquariums. Hey, Dad, can you make me a sandwich? And what did Dad say? Abracadabra. You are a sandwich. Unfortunately, many of these children will grow up to have kids of their own. And they will end up telling their kids... The same jokes. See, Miss Mary thinks that I should destroy that bit, but uh, I'm hanging on to it. Finally, scientists warn that Earth could run out of conspiracy theories by 2025 if they all keep coming true at the current rate. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Well, I'm cornered here by the women. So I played that bit about bad dad jokes, and I just really hate those jokes. I, I really, really do. And Miss Mary says that that bit, she wants it destroyed because it's discriminatory towards people with a good sense of humor. My answer was, I have a good sense of humor, and that is not it. To which my sister in Lake Wales, Florida, says, dad jokes are great. I just have never, I just stop it. I don't like dad jokes. I don't like puns. I just have never thought, I'm just, please stop. (laughs) And that's, it's not just me. Just so you folks out there know, it isn't just me. 
There's a lot of people out there who just cannot stand puns and dad jokes. So there seems to be two different crowds on this particular one. And I fall into the please don't ever tell a joke like that ever again. It just didn't just stop. But then again, what is funny to you, right? Because a, a sense of humor covers all sorts of different territory there. And to me, I've always liked a really dry sense of humor. For those people who know the comedian Stephen Wright, some of you have heard the name and go, oh, yeah, him. Uh, for me, you know, I've, it, he's my favorite comedian of all time. Other people have never heard of Stephen Wright. But he had a run there that was about a good 10-year run when he was all over television and movies and so on. He finally just quit and went back to being a comedian on the road. But he talks really slow and soft. He almost sounds completely depressed, like he needs a good shot of sugar or caffeine or something because he's so mellow. And with his deadpan, mellow way of speaking, he tells just the driest jokes you've ever heard. If you've never heard Stephen Wright, just go to YouTube, type in Stephen Wright, and just listen to some of his comedy routines. To me, he was one of the funniest guys because it's conceptual humor. If you're a thinker, if you have an imagination, you'll get it. To me, that's my favorite kind of humor. Never did like the comics who just told vulgar jokes because, you know, I like what Milton Berle, who was a great comedian, said. If you have to be dirty to be funny, you're not funny. And I agree with that. I never did like the the shocking comedians actually do something that's funny. Now, this guy, to me, is just hysterical. Technically speaking, newborn babies can't cry. While they may scream a bunch, babies cannot produce tears for anywhere from two weeks to two months after birth. The atomic number of bismuth is 83. If you rearrange the letters in the words hypotenuse, you can spell stewyphone, which you may have guessed is not a word. Charlie Chaplin was the first actor ever to appear in Time magazine. In case you were wondering, it was the 6th of July, 19. 1925 issue. Bats give birth upside down. The mother uses her wings to catch the baby during delivery. I would show you a video, but I don't want to watch it. The first jigsaw puzzles were called dissected maps. The Empire State Building has its own zip code, 10118. I have it on good authority that Gerber's chicken baby food is also a popular remedy for sick ferrets. The Seiko SKX-007 is one of the most iconic diver's watches in history. It comes in two varieties, one made in China, the other made in Japan. The only real difference is a small inscription at the bottom. Cigarette butts make up more than one-third of all litter on the planet. They are not biodegradable. In fact, they are considered hazardous material. Cities spend around 3 to $16 million on cigarette cleanup every year. The following is a list of the top 20 baby names for American boys in the year 1952. James, Robert... John, Michael, David, William, Richard, Thomas, Charles, Gary, Stephen, Joseph, Larry, Donald, Ronald, Kenneth, Mark, Dennis, Paul, and Daniel. For girls, Linda, 
Mary, Patricia, Deborah, with an O, Susan, Barbara, Nancy, Karen, Deborah, no O, Sandra, Kathleen, Carol, Donna, Sharon, Brenda, Diane, Pamela, Cynthia, Janet, and Christine. I should get out of here before they call the cops. Yeah, see, so what that is, and the reason why it's funny to me, is that's a guy who has a very popular YouTube page. And one day he had nothing to post, but he wanted to post a new YouTube video. So he just posted a, geez, about a, a five-minute rant of just useless facts. Just stupid, useless, you don't need to know any of this facts. And he got so many hits on it. I mean, like 12 million or something like that. He went and did it again and said he never wanted to do that again. But he kept doing it because he even complained with the audience, stop making me do this. But he kept doing it because every time he does, he gets like 12, 24, 30 million hits. Let's wake up, Wyoming.